Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, it's your girl, Claudia Jordan. We are back with TGIF. We're here to spill the tea and break down the biggest headlines in the news and on social media. So sit back, relax, and get ready to sip on this hot tea. Please welcome Al Reynolds. What's up, Al? Hey, hey, what's going on, Claudia? Happy Monday. Happy Monday. All right. Our special guest co-host for the week, comedian, actor, and media personality, Flame Monroe. How you doing, Flame? Hey, Claudia. Hello, Mr. Reynolds. What's going on, soulmates and flamettes? I'm glad to be here, Claudia. I'm less... Girl, let's get into the tea. Let's spill some tea and drink some tea and tell some tea. And I'm ready. <laughs> well, a lot, a lot of people did request for you to be here. So I'm glad you uh, had the time and you're available. So thank you for being here. And we appreciate you. Oh, I appreciate you guys having me. You know, this is like a full circle moment for me to be on here because when T Fox Soul first started in 2019, I was the anchor or I was the, the uh, Neil Anderson, who was a producer there. And I was the second person to do the Tammy Mac show. So you, I remember seeing you there. I'm uh, back I'm at home. home. Look, I'm back at home. Well, we appreciate you. So let's get into it. All right, before we start the show, uh, give our soul, our soulmates some uh, insight on your journey in the business because you've done a lot. Um, so I'm from Chicago originally, and I hosted drag shows for maybe 20 years in Chicago, did the radio, and just went to a comedy club one night and found out this was my thing to do. And talking is my thing because I'm real transparent. I'm pretty upfront. I'm a fair, fair person. So you know, I done they ready, Emmy nominated. Um, last year I had a, a book on the uh, New York Times bestseller. I didn't write it now. I did the audible for it, which was very hard work. And things are just moving forward. And you know what? I'm glad to be here. We're gonna have a fantastic week. I know y'all got some opposition, but this the picture. I just looked at three the three of us next to each other. Good God, this is a pretty picture. <laughs> you, you, you here you go you definitely bringing the glam okay uh what are y'all drinking tonight uh al you drinking tonight oh absolutely and it's not my typical buttery chardonnay because i had to break out the big guns because i'm working with flame and roe for the first time and the topics the topics tonight soulmates you got to make sure you got your tea or whatever you're sipping on because we are going to share some thoughts with you tonight but i'm having tequila and a splash of ginger ale all right, Flame, are you drinking tonight or are you sober? I'm only drinking tea tonight. I'm only having tea because I'm my sinuses are acting up and I have some lemons out of my yard. So, but I'm sober. No edibles. No. I'm, uh, tonight, I'm 100% Flame Monroe. Well, we got the whole week to get you drunk, so we'll see what happens <laughs> around the world. All right. <laughs> All right, let's get into the show. Uh, Jonathan Majors recently sat down with ABC News in what appears to be his first interview since he was found guilty of assaulting his ex-girlfriend, Grace Jabari. Now, Majors said, I'm really blessed. I'm surrounded by people who love me, who care about me. But this has been very, very, very hard and very difficult and confusing in many ways. But I'm standing. Majors continued, everything has kind of gone away. And it's just me now, you know, and my lovely, you know, partner, Megan Good and my dogs. What are your thoughts on Jonathan Major speaking out? And are you surprised that Megan Good is sticking by her man flame? We're going to go to you first. What do you think? 
Well, this story is personal for me because I was in Yellow Springs, Ohio at Dave, some, Dave Chappelle's summer camp last year, and I met Megan Good and Jonathan Majors. He was a lovely man. I don't know if they're in love with their sexual chemistry. I wanted to get in the middle. Baby, they was on the dance floor, and I promise you I wanted to get in the middle. I couldn't make up my mind whether I wanted her or him. I watched him on Good Morning America this morning, and he made a very valid point. Had that scenario been too, switched around and it was a black man chasing a white woman, the police would have shot him dead. But I'm and and love is no color, but that black girl magic is real. But the black men keep going after that white that white woman wizardry. That white woman wizardry gets you caught up. I hope he gets out of this. But what I did not like, Claudia, about the whole situation before he even left the courtroom. Once they found him guilty, Disney had dropped him. It's almost like their way they build you up to take it all away. He was a very pleasant man. I put I touched his shoulder. The girl and me couldn't make up a man, and the guy and me was ready to go, baby. I was, <laughs> Silly. All right, Al, what do you think about this? Now, Majors was, of course, found guilty of one count of misdemeanor third-degree assault and one count of second-degree harassment, but acquitted of two other counts of assault and aggravated harassment in a split verdict. Al? Okay. Uh, welcome to the show, Flame Monroe. I totally disagree with Flame. Uh, <laughs> Flame probably needs to get a, some ice water and, and, and cool idea this interview was too soon and it was misguided and in my opinion you he needs to reevaluate who his team is like first of all where's his mother where's his daddy where's his aunts and uncles and best friends do any of them look like us because there's no way you can guide this man through such a horrific lynching because this is a lynching that he's going through a public lynching that he's going through and you go on national television your first interview and make an analogy uh, and, and try to explain that analogy of Coretta Scott King and Michelle Obama. Everything he said in that space was cringeworthy. Everything that he shared in that interview did not feel genuine. It did not feel truthful. And, and it, it, to me, made it worse. Let me give you some advice, Jonathan. And I gave the same advice to Travis Scott. I gave the same advice to Trey Songs, And I gave the same advice to Diddy. You need to go away for a little while. Your math ain't mathing. Your, your, your new relationship with one of the hottest black women in Hollywood ain't Hollywood. And it didn't work the way you thought it was going to work. And then this interview was another fail attempt of trying to save your career, in my opinion. We love you. We think you're hardworking, but this ain't working. Step out of the limelight for a little while, regroup, let us forget, and come back and get the jobs that you deserve. Uh, yeah, he, the, he did get convicted of the lesser charges, right? The less serious offenses. But um, it's just, uh, why are you trying to make everybody your Coretta Scott King? Like you are anywhere near the caliber of man, uh, like, uh, uh, MLK, like get out of here with that. I know the family must be like, can you please keep our, our family members name out of your mouth? Like, can you please stop Jonathan Majors? You were parading around with a white woman and now you want to be Martin Luther King Jr.? You want to you may you want to compare yourself to that. You found one the white girl to be Coretta. Now you want Megan Good to be Coretta. It's it's really like uh, I, I just wish you would have just been a little bit more humble with this. It's I I get you got to do whatever you got to do to save your career. I get it. I understand that. But this was a silly thing he said. Let's go to the soulmates. Trevor Mitchell said the assault he was convicted of uh, was specifically for accidentally hitting her head against the car roof while trying to put her in the car. It wasn't voluntary. That's true. And Stacey said the man in his career is suffering because of his actions and his failure to take accountability for it and seek help. This is nobody's fault, but his own the end and hot commodity. Seven, seven says 
Jonathan should have kept quiet for a while. Hopefully he'll learn from this. Well, I guess we shall see. So the accountability part is what's what's crucial here because he had four opportunities in that interview to sway the tide and he just was tone deaf to it. They said, were you shocked about the verdict? He was like, he doesn't even understand how the verdict was made. They said, was he shocked about the fractures and the bruises that they showed, the cut on her ear? He was like, he has no idea how that ever happened. That he was shocked about how people didn't like his 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 uh, a comparison between Coretta and Michelle. Like, dude, you 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 are tone deaf to all things that are important to being a black man in America and beating up a white woman. I just feel like, like I said, he just needs to take a break. I think that's why we are holding his feet to the fire, though, because he's a black man dating a white woman. And Al, uh, when you say he should step away, black actors and entertainers don't have the privy of stepping away for too long because we are soon forgotten, period. That's true. That is true. Out of sight, out of mind. That's all right. right. The Color Purple stars Taraji P. Henson and Danielle Brooks are calling out the film's production team for their lack of support. Henson revealed that production made the cast ride themselves to work in rental cars. And Danielle shared that the cast did not have food in their dressing rooms while on set until Taraji spoke up to Oprah. Now, what are your thoughts? And are you surprised, Al? Let's go to you first on this one. Um, yeah, aren't we? <laughs> Hell yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised because the budget for this movie was $100 million. Let me repeat that. <laughs> the budget for this movie was $100 million. Why are our Black actors and actresses not getting the basics with a budget that big? Being fed when you're on set, that's a basic. Safe transportation to and from work is a basic. Putting them in a rental car is a liability. Why are you cutting costs in those places? Would you cut costs on an all-star white cast? I don't think so, and I don't think they would stand for it. The lucky part is that they did have an advocate that Taraji could go to that was attached to the film to get results immediately. So to me, I'm like, the math ain't math in here either. Why aren't they getting food? Why aren't they putting rental cars? Like that that doesn't make sense to me. And this is all just another bad thing because this film has been a failure in the box office. This this film took a hundred million dollars to make. To date, they're only up to like fifty million dollars in box office sales. They need two hundred for this to be a success. And I just don't understand where the where the disconnect was. I have worked on two B films where the budget was six figures, where they drove us to work, they picked us up, they had food, there were no bugs in my dressing room on my trailer. So there's no excuse for this except not giving a goddamn about your talent. Flame, what do you think about this? And what would you do if you had to drive yourself to work on a $100 million budget? I know Flame ain't going for it. I think Oprah forgot. <laughs> she was in Hawaii. She forgot. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. You know, I was so shocked to hear that because this is Oprah Winfrey. So we know Oprah is grand. She does everything above and beyond. So when I heard that, I was like, wow, that was sharing a dressing room and driving yourself to work. Those are liabilities. I, I can't go after the big O. And I, I'm, I'm glad that Taraji spoke up. Taraji been speaking up about a lot. Taraji spoke up so much that I'm sitting here tonight. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I um, I think the movie will pick up. I don't know what it's going to take. They advertised the hell out of it before it came out. They had great advertisement. They had great people talking about it. Been but, over a year. Yeah, but it's- Hearing about this film for over a year. I don't know if the disconnect is that it's a musical 
and a lot of people are turned off to go into the box office for a musical because the content is pretty much the same. The story is the same. The actors are a new generation of the same, but it is a musical because I refuse to believe a lot of people are trying to say that this negative press that Taraji's putting out there is affecting the box office. I don't personally believe that. I think that it's more because of it being a musical than anything else. I, I disagree because um, I'm kind of turned off personally. And I know if I feel that way, there's got to be a few other people that feel the same way. I'm actually turned off by it because with this talented cast, hearing all this negativity as someone in the business, like it makes me feel like I don't want to go support that. Like, um, all I'm hearing is about the pay, the issues, the drama. And I think this was a horrible. This is why you have to treat your actors right when you have a project, because they're the ones that are going to be the mouthpieces for your project. And mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know. Like, it makes well, me I think, not I think everybody is just disgruntled right now. We are just looking for a reason to complain about any and everything. And I'm, I'm not giving Oprah a pass or none of the production because I have worked on sets and they are supposed to take care of their staff and their cast and everybody. But somebody dropped the ball here. And everybody always looks to the head. I mean, it may not have come from Oprah. Maybe one of the productions or somebody else dropped it. And then Oprah got wind of it. And then she repaired it. She did fix it. She did. Well, she's, the a, she's a producer. So she's not the head. Warner is the head, right? They're the ones that create the budget and decide who gets what. But like you said, she did after hearing about it. Yes. That's the part that is the most disturbing after hearing about it. These, like Claudia said, should be basic things that you provide to actors of their caliber. May I say that maybe sometimes they sabotage themselves, not saying Oprah, the studios, and then they could be like, this is why we don't make black movies because they don't do well like our mainstream movies. I don't know. I, I'm weary of all this. Um, real quick, Trevor Mitchell said Oprah had been one of, if Oprah had been one of the actors, would those short sites would have happened? Hmm. And Shantae said, that's on Warner Brothers, not Oprah. And Shay said, I wish they would have waited to spill the inside tea on in the movie. It's overshadowing how good the movie really is. That is true. Be careful about burning down the building because you're still in it. You're still in right. it. Right. All right. Nia Long has reportedly settled her custody battle with her ex, Emmanuel Daka. The Houston Rockets coach has been authorized to pay Nia $32,000 in monthly child support. What are your thoughts on this settlement? Um, I'm going to go back to you, Ellen. This one, what do you think? Uh, the 32500 a month, um, I think it, it's okay. I mean, he makes $450,000 a month to pay $32,000 for his child to make sure that he's safe and that he goes to the right schools and that he's provided for is the least that he could do. But I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm sorry, this ain't public opinion. This ain't the, the favor of public opinion, but it's my opinion. I would have stayed there and ate my food if I was near long. This ain't the first time this man has cheated on her, and I I promise you, if they stayed together, it wouldn't be the last. I think Neil Long got caught up into this feeling that happens to a lot of women that are very popular on social media and in pop culture. She let the lean in of everybody and the embarrassment of this public cheating get in between her and her relationship with her man. And that's where she, I think, could have made better decisions. She still loves that man. That son still loves his dad. I understand that this is a public stage that it happened on and that you should always, you know, respect yourself first. But in this particular case, I feel like that this relationship would still be going on if it didn't happen on such a huge stage. And I don't care what anybody says. 
Well, I'm one of those people that you may not care, but I don't care that you don't care because I'm going to say Nia Long is a movie star. She's way more famous than her husband or her fiance or her ex-boyfriend. Why should she put up with disrespect just to have a man? That's mm -hmm. giving desperate. That's giving thirsty. That's giving money hungry, which Nia Long is none of those things. There's a line of qualified men that are even more successful than this man that would love to have Nia Long. And I don't think that we should be like, just discount her pain because we think she should have kept her house together because, well, once a man, always a man, they're going to just cheat. Uh-uh, later for that. Nia Long is Nia Long. We'll see this long line of men that is waiting for her. And it's not exactly what I said. What I said was I felt like the pressure of this public humiliation pushed her to make snap decisions and do it immediately. That's all I said. Do yeah, I think she should be cheated on? No, I don't. Do well, I that's what it sounded like, Alan. I made it very clear. If do I, Al, think I think, Al, I think your statement is quite hypocritical. Your marriage played out in the public and you listen. Yeah, but you oh, didn't. That's you thought, that's I, that's I, I didn't divorce. I didn't divorce my wife because of what was going on in public opinion. Let's be very clear about that. But it still played out. It still played out in the public from the beginning to the end. So that's kind right. of a hypocritical statement. And my my thing to me alone, girl, I can't get a thousand dollars for my baby mama. Get more money. <laughs> <laughs> hey, under the agreement, Long will have their son in her care 95% of the time in Los Angeles. And her ex will face a substantial travel obligation because he's still continuing to, to coach the Houston Rockets. All right, we got to get to a tease. I'm sure this won't be the last. <laughs> we talk about this. Coming up next, Cat Williams is still buzzing after breaking the internet. Last week and later, Whoopi Goldberg is shutting down conspiracy theorists. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Welcome back to TGIF. Shout out to the soulmates rocking with us in the chat. We see y'all and we appreciate y'all. All right, our special guest co-host, Flame Monroe, was known for her controversial viewpoints on various topics that are sweeping the waves of social media and also be on tour with Dave Chappelle. So it's only right that we establish a space for her to share her unfiltered opinion in a segment we like to call Flame It Up. All right, tonight's Flame It Up topic is none other than Cat Williams. Now, Cat Williams broke the internet after calling out several of his peers in the business on Shannon Sharp's podcast, Club Shay Shay. Unblock me, Shannon Sharp. The oh, comedian yeah. exposed Steve Harvey, subject the entertainer Michael Blackton, Faith on Love, Kevin Hart, and Ricky Smiley, and even pointed out that some of them are industry plants. Flame, what are your thoughts on Cat shaking the table? And do you think he is telling the truth? What? The cat is out the bag, Claudio. Baby, when I tell you, Cat Williams say, I'm not a calico, I'm not a tabby, neither am I a Siamese. I am a Black Panther. Cat came out the bag and told to spill the tea on everybody. I absolutely love it. I'm a fan of Cat and I'm a friend of Cat. 
I don't know about the truths about all of those. I don't know the backstory because I don't know those people. But what I do know is that Cat held no held, took no prisoners. He told everything. What I like about Cat, Cat said that they wanted him to play Santa Claus. He could play Santa Claus now because he was Santa Claus on Shannon Sharp show. He had a list that was naughty and nice. He never made it to the nice list, but he dropped that naughty list down the line, baby. He was taking heads off. I thought it was pretty dope. And I think that nobody has came out to say that he was lying. I did see some stuff that Shannon Sharp said. I don't know who Shannon Sharp is going to get to come behind Cat as a guest because the only person that can come behind him and get those kind of numbers is God. And I think he was sitting at home watching the interview like we all was. What are they at, 38 million? Baby, Cat Williams, you had did that. I want to be Cat Williams in my next life. I just want to be taller. Do it, Cat. <laughs> do it. Devin, do it, Cat. Real, it inspired me. You were a comedian. How big of an indictment is that or accusation when people say you steal people's jokes? And he's, he, there's been receipts that have been provided after this interview. Unfortunately, that is the nature of the beast in the comedy game. It really is. So you can be a local. And to me, all the great comics are working in the clubs. So a big name will go into a club and see a comic and do the, see the joke. But then they'll put it on TV because you're not famous. So once I do the joke, it belongs to me. Now, other people can come out and report it, but it's already mine. I, it, it's just the nature of the beast. It's how the game goes. And you know what really opened up the can of whoop ass for stealing jokes uh, during the pandemic? Because people were doing stand-up on, on the internet and people were stealing each other's jokes. Okay. It just happened. It, it has happened over for years and years and years. But Cat didn't play no games. I'm telling you something right now. I want to sit Cat on my shoulders and slap him on his ass because that was funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Al, what are your thoughts on what happened? The interview. I think you're right. It's like 35 million views. Um, I guess it's something very therapeutic about finally letting it all out. I mean, and he he let it all out. I mean, whether, you know, everybody said there was some truth in what he was saying. There were some parts that they can't necessarily validate. I did have the opportunity to interview Cedric the Entertainer on the carpet yesterday, and I did ask him about this spat. So everybody be sure to come back tomorrow when I share my Golden Globe uh, package and video to see exactly what he said around this particular um, topic. All right. Thank you so much, Flame, for that. Now let's get back to some more topics. All right. Comedian Gary Owen is throwing some shade towards Steve Harvey. Now, during a recent interview, Gary said, I filmed three episodes of Hip Hop Squares and made four times the money than two weeks on the Steve Harvey show. Al, let's go to you first. What are your thoughts? What do you think? Oh, I thought that this was very interesting, and I thought it was very uncharacteristic of Gary Owens, because as we know, Gary Owens and Steve Harvey have worked together for over two decades, and and they worked hand in hand. So, so to hear that there is some type of undercurrent of underappreciation was hot. Uh, I mean, was 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 some good tea. So, but I, you know, this is Moreau's lane. So I'm gonna go to Moreau to see if maybe she knows something that we all don't know. This ain't got nothing to do with Gary Owens. This is all about Marjorie, baby. Marjorie saying, you ain't giving nobody my money. That's Marjorie's money. She going to give out what she want. Baby, Steve Harvey's wife gets all the money. I I'm kind of shocked at that, too, because Gary Owens is, oh, is Caucasian. And, you know, they they try to download us or downgrade us. But he's a, he a white boy, even though he works in the black arenas. And he has been famously popular in black comedy clubs. He had a black wife. He loves black people. He always works with us. That was horrible to be lowball, but can't let the cat out the bag. So a lot of people look like they don't want to pay, but baby, that's Marjorie's money. Steve ain't sharing Marjorie's money. I met Marjorie at the uh, Grio Boys. That's a lovely, lovely woman. She looks very expensive. Hats off to you, Steve. Get your paper, Marjorie. Get your paper. 
I'm shocked that Gary said anything because he's very much the nice guy in the business. He doesn't really ruffle many feathers and he's been very respectful being in black spaces. I will say that. And it's funny to see that even as a white boy, he's still getting kind of lowballed, much like black comedians do. He's still being treated like uh, brothers. Uh, Tiffany Selwood said, Gary needs to pay alimony. Gary's a friend of mine, okay? Gary's kids are all over 18. So please don't pay attention to those false allegations that Gary is not paying his child support. Uh, well, I'm sorry, alimony, because he does. Like, please stop. Y'all got y'all got to stop. Maybe we'll get Gary on the show and he can speak on it himself. How about that? All right, come his wife thank Keisha? Yeah, Keisha. Yeah, get your money, Keisha. <laughs> All Keisha's fight. Maybe if her name Keisha, she can fight. You better, Gary, you better pay. She'll fight you. Oh, my God. All right, coming <laughs> up next, find out why Dave Chappelle is once again under fire. And later, Whoopi Goldberg is shutting down Jeffrey Epstein rumors. Keep it locked. We'll be right back. Welcome back to TGIF. All right, y'all, we got to get into this Dave Chappelle tea. Now, he's once again under fire for calling out the transgender community. In his new Netflix special, The Dreamer, Dave said, and if you want to know why I'm tired of talking about them, because these people acted like I needed them to be funny. Well, that's ridiculous. I don't need you. I got a whole new angle coming. All right, y'all, Flame, we're going to go to you because you toured with Mr. Chappelle. What are your thoughts on the backlash he's been receiving? Do you think it's warranted? And how do you feel about it? What do you think? <sighs> I did, Claudia. I did uh, tour with him. And y'all, I'm going to shock y'all for real. I was on nine. I did nine arenas with Dave. And he told this, some of these same jokes. Some of them I didn't hear because I was in the green room. I was in the back. But I watched the special. And as a trans woman, a trans person, and Dave is my friend. He considers me his friend. I consider him my friend. But as a trans person, when I watched the special, I was never offended with Dave before. But I think it was the delivery of some of these jokes. Because I've heard these jokes. And I think they were funny jokes. But I think on the special, he delivered them a little brutal. Let me just say that. And that's still my friend. I'm just being very honest and very transparent. My problem was with the, when the trans girls speak up about Dave saying this or saying that, if we're going to throw rocks at a glass house, we got to make sure that our glass is covered. Because here's the thing, Dave will say something out of pocket and everybody is mad at Dave or myself for a difference of opinion. Nobody, he never wished ill will on the trans community. He never wished harm. He never wished hurt. He just made a joke, just like I have a difference of opinion. But we have people in our house. We had a girl in Philadelphia, a trans activist recently, last week who molested two young boys. She's a trans activist. Nobody from the trans community has spoke about that. There's a young lady, a queen in uh, Kentucky named Buffet, who's about to be on a huge reality pageant show, who uh, allegedly embezzled $300,000 from gay pride. She ain't stealing from me. She stole it from y'all because y'all canceled all my gay pride bookings last year. So mm -hmm. nobody has spoke about that. My thing is, Dave is not perfect, but if we're going to cover all the bases, then cover all the bases. And Are when you Dave when Dave was attacked on stage, Claudia, he talked to me about that. When that guy ran on stage here at the Hollywood Bowl, that terrified him because he thought he was going to die. This is how serious it has become. So you saying that uh, sometimes the, the community sometimes doesn't hold their own accountable, but are quick to hold, is that what you're saying? I, yeah. I know they already have issues with the, you've yeah. had some issues yeah. with the trans community oh, yeah. itself. And all because of difference of opinion. It's not like, no, I never wished ill will, just like he did. He makes jokes. But 
left up to them and, and their own devices. It's terrible because everybody is screaming and hollering, oh, he's transphobic, he's transphobic. Silence is complicity, what Martin Luther King says. So if we don't speak up our own, they already deem us as sexual deviants and pedophiles and freaks. We should have spoke up and said, hey, that one trans activist, that's not who we are as a people. That's not, but nobody has said a word, Claudia, but let somebody say tranny or let somebody say misgender the wrong, and maybe the whole roof is blown off. It's just... It is ridiculous to me, and I'm not giving Dave a pass because I've heard those jokes. I thought in in the Dreamer, the one that he put out, because on the road it was funny as hell. I thought he was a little brutal with the way he delivered the jokes. It was the same joke, but it was just it was the way he delivered it. It just came off a little cold. I think that's dope of you to have like you're being keeping it a buck about something that you work with like that that you oh, could yeah. potentially be seen as that could be an issue. So thank you for doing that. And oh, he was not- wonderful to me. He was. Yeah. Al, what do you think about this? Um, I have to agree with Flame on this. I, 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 you know, I've always defended Dave on this show about his um, right to be a comedian and right to use the words that he wants to use in his stand up. But but Flame is right. There was something about his delivery. It was something about how he said it, when he said it in yeah. in his production and, and how he kept making reference to it throughout the special that really was cringeworthy to me. And I don't know if he's upset, but he didn't throw in that funny element to it. It was almost like, let me get this off my chest because trans people, you're not really bothering me, but you're bothering me. So in this particular case, this didn't land well for me. And I am a diehard Dave Chappelle fan. So I'm positive that if it didn't land well for me, it did not land well for thousands of others. Sonny Lovin said, you just can't say anything these days, but Dave always says what he says. And Tanya Crisper says, Flame is telling it. I really like her transparency. Dana said, uh, it wasn't the jokes. It was him doubling down about being a turf or something like that. Um, and uh, whooped, uh, who at PYT said, I agree, Flame. This was the first time I felt like he was off his game and the humor did yeah. not make up for the meanness. Damn, I have to see this. And personally, Claudia and Al, I work, I've been with his wife. It's wonderful. His sister, Felicia, oh, Elaine is his wife. His sister, Felicia, his team, Jake and Nikki and he- everyone is wonderful. And Dave is not homophobic. He's not. Dave welcomed me into his home like I was his friend. And not because I stood by him, because Dave gave me an opportunity to work. But even now, if Dave and I was to talk today, I was like, dude, you, you came off a little... You was feisty on this one. It was not fun. Sometimes as a comedian, when you see the comic as an audience member, if you see the person on stage having a good time delivering this stuff to you, you have a good time watching that person have a good time Mm -hmm. delivering it to you. They seemed not there. I'm I'm with Al on this. He wasn't all the way there. It was kind of like I'm sliding the knife in, but I'm not going to distract you. I'm just going to cut you. Mm -hmm. Damn. All right. Well, we'll see how this all pans out. And that's my boy. I love Dave Chappelle. I do. Thanks for keeping the book. All right. A dog in Pittsburgh had an expensive meal after eating $4,000 of his owner's money. Fortunately, the couple was able to retrieve most of the money by sifting through vomit and poop for days. What are your thoughts on this story? Al, let's go to you first. I know you like your money, Al. Would you be sifting through doo-doo and pee-pee and caca to get your money? I sure would. Yes, I would. I know. Something <laughs> that I love the most about this particular couple right here. This couple cracked me up because when they saw that the money was gone, a large portion of it was on the floor, 
but then a large portion of it was inside the dog. So this couple, their first call wasn't to the vet to see how to get the money out the dog. Their first call was to the bank to find out if they do get the money and if they do have all this money that's shredded in the floor, how do they get their money back? How freaking brilliant is that? Only some people could think like that because I would have thought that if the dog ate my, ate my money, if the money was shredded, that I just have to take the hit. But come to find out, the bank said, if you tape the serial numbers and if you get us a serial number to match, we'll give you your dollars back. And that's exactly what they did through the poop, through the vomit and through the shredded pieces. They made sure they found the serial numbers and the bank gave them up to thirty five hundred dollars back of their money. Asha Jeremiah Q. Debbie said that dog will be getting these hands. I agree. Flame, how do you feel about this? And would you go, would you do all this? I have never wanted to be a doctor in my life, but I would have been a surgeon and cut that damn dog over. <laughs> you gonna give me my money. <laughs> I would have took a blade and cut him down the middle and stitched him up later. I needed all my money whole. I would have done it. I got two dogs here. Let one of them eat my money. They're gonna be sliced open. You're gonna think I'm Hannibal Lexington. Dog open. Uh, that must have been some white people because I'm not super pooping. I'm not going through poop and all that for no damn money. The dog would have got sliced open. I'm just, I, that, that's the truth. I'm the, you're going to slice the dog over, but you're not going to kill him, right? You're going to put him on. I'm going to sew him back up. I was just going to go oh, in and get my it. money out there, stitch him back up. I said I was going to be a surgeon. Here come the Peter people after us. Oh, it was a joke. Y'all know I wouldn't cut the dog open. I may <laughs> slice him open, but I wouldn't cut him. <laughs> All right, moving on. It seems like a, a, EA and Cher are still going strong after Cher posted a flirty photo of the two of them with the caption, love is love. Are y'all excited to see this relationship blossom? And are you here for Cher's new hairdo? Al, what you think? Um, I guess love can conquer all is all I can say here. Um, and I, I don't think I have anything against this, but I also will not be championing this. This doesn't look real to me. My personal opinion is that she looks like she is madly in love, but the two of them together, they just kind of look weird to me. I mean, an 80-year-old woman with a blonde wig on her head, dressed up, sitting in a 30-year-old man's lap, pretending like they're in love is just something that I don't see often. And and it, and it, it makes, makes it awkward for me to look at it. But look, if anything, this shows you that love conquers all and that anybody can fall in love and be in a relationship. And if that's the case and it's genuine, then I wish the two of them the best. Sadly, I think it's real for her and not for him. I think he is trying to just get be on the come up and just be married to a rich older woman and get paid and, and be a sugar baby. And I think she probably is really into him. Flame, what do you think? I'm a very fair person. Men do it to younger women all the time. Cher, get your freak on. I love it. Because that cat is old. Still, what's she going to do with an 80-year-old man? 80-year-old man can't get up the way a young man can. I pay for it, Cher. Do whatever you need to do. But if that young man is satisfying her... You can't do an 80 year old woman and an 80 year old man. Somebody need a pill. And it ain't the woman because a woman stays as an older man. I'm just being honest because my older men do it with younger women all the time. And what y'all say? Oh, she just with him for the money. OK, so if he's with her for the money, as long as he got share happy, share say, if you believe in love after love, I got the paper to pay for it. If you pay as long as you paying for it, it's not a trick. So he getting the money and she getting the I thought if, if you paid for it, it was a trick. Well, no, not if both parties are willing. She paying and he delivering. So that's equal opportunity. She, that's, so what's she going to do with an old man? Lay there and look at it. Lay there and look at it. I mean, she needs a young man. So you don't think he's tricky? You don't think he's tricky? 
You don't think he drinking? Uh, I think he is capitalizing on an opportunity. <laughs> and I ain't mad at him. Get your paper player. Okay. Karen D said Cher has on her BAPS wig. And Edwina Giles says, who cares how it looks? Her back is not hurting, that's for sure. All right. Oh, she's I know, I know young women, Claudia, that don't have a man and got plenty of money. So get your paper, Cher. Yeah, you're looking at one. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Keep it locked because coming up next, Will Be Goldberg is calling out conspiracy the theorists. And later, we are playing a fun game of hit or miss. Keep it locked. Welcome back to TJ. Real quick before we get into the topics, off break, off camera, we were just talking a little bit, Flame and I, and we were just talking about, she's like, how don't you have a man? I'm like, well, even when I do have one, I'm always going to say I don't until I'm really for real, for real. And Flame, you're, you're single right now. You said your man has a what now? My man has a vajayjay. So you're dating a trans woman? A trans man. A trans man. Man. So you were referred to him as trans, it was born biologically a woman. But they identify as a trans man. Yeah, okay, what was I thinking? You're right. Okay. Okay. I, I, how long y'all been together? Uh, the pandemic. Since they came March the 13th for the weekend, and the pandemic hit March the 15th, 2020, and they've been here ever since. Oh, are you public with their relationship? Absolutely not. Okay, so you well, don't. Now I am. Now I am. But you have never showed his picture out there, nothing like that. Well, people know who LB is, and LB is. Let me tell you what LB is to me. LB is everything to me. LB supports me. LB talks to me. LB listens to me, and LB takes care of me financially. I'm always going to be the breadwinner. But when I say takes care of me, LB makes my plate. LB cooks my food and makes my bed. That that is very important to me as the person that I am because I'm going to make the money. I just need you to take care of me and care for me. All right. Okay. Okay. Well, one of us got somebody. Me and Al gonna work on that this year. We'll see what happens. All right, y'all. Whoopi Goldberg is shutting down all conspiracies about her being on this mysterious list of people that were on Jeffrey Epstein's island due to a fake image circulated online. Whoopi Surratt said, so I'm just gonna say, and there's just been a lot of stuff recently. I don't know what I've done to anybody, but apparently there's a lot of these sites that are satire sites, but people don't realize that they can be harmful. What are your thoughts on Whoopi addressing these claims? Al, what do you think? Um, I think that I, this is why we love Whoopi Goldberg. I say this all the time. It's her transparency yeah. and her transparency to call out these satire. She's going to call them satire sites, but she knows what it is. It's not a satire site. Whoopi knows that she's going through a phase now where there's an undercurrent that has been attacking her credibility for the last year and she doesn't like it. And I love how she handled it. And that, that's her grace and her experience in the industry. It just teaches you volumes of how you're supposed to navigate around all these sharks. So she's like, listen, I'm putting everybody on notice that I see you. I'm going to call it a satire site, but I know exactly what it is. And whatever it is, y'all need to figure out why you guys are trying to silence, silence me or make me look crazy as we enter into this next election cycle. It's not by happenstance. Whoopi Goldberg, I love you and support you and understand that we got your back. They've been coming from Whoopi a lot in the last couple of years. Flame, what do you think about this and these attacks? I, I completely agree with Al. The reason they are at Whoopi like a witch, a witch hunt is because of her views on the view, how strongly she is against 
former president Donald Trump, how she stands on it. She doesn't back down. She brings it out full circle. So in order to make her look bad, they have to do everything they can to discredit her, including when she spoke on there, spoke out of turn, according to them, and they suspended her for a couple of weeks. They're doing everything and anything they can to make this man look good in the public eye to put him back in office. Whoopi is 100% standing on that she is not for it, she's not with it, and they're going to do everything they can to discredit Whoopi and take her down because Whoopi has a big platform and a lot of people, myself included, listen to the information that Whoopi gives us because Whoopi, like myself, gives it to you in the raw. No con, the miss straight in. Mm. I'll give it uh, raw too on my commentary. <laughs> Are you so bad, bad, bad? Dana said, that's right, Whoopi, save your reputation. And Keisha Washington said, Whoopi said, ain't nobody got time for that. And Missy, uh, Mr. Aldridge said, they use Whoopi and Michael Jackson as clickbait, much like Flame says. And uh, yeah, all right. Whoopi, we got your back here on Fox Soul, and we'll definitely continue to stand on business when it comes to you because we see what's going on where a lot of powerful voices are being silenced. Yeah. They uh, recently kicked Sean King off of Instagram for just showing the horrific images that are going on in Gaza on the real. And now I hardly even see him anymore. And it's almost like out of sight, out of mind. So pay attention, y'all. All right, speaking of conspiracies, Chris Brown posted a rather interesting question on social media. He wrote, so we're not going to talk about the aliens in the mall in Atlanta? Now, Brown's post stemmed from conspiracies surrounding the uh, eight to 10 foot tall alien that was allegedly seen walking around the mall in Miami. But according to officials, the mayhem and police response started after a group of kids were breaking into stores and popping off fireworks in the mall. I don't know about y'all, but I never seen that many police cars show for kids. What are your thoughts on this conspiracy? Do you think the government is trying to hide something? Flame, I know you have a political podcast where you talk about all things political. What do you think about this? And do you believe in aliens? What do you think? Ooh, I met an alien before. His name was Larry. Oh, <laughs> he's me. Uh, oh, you know what? I do believe that there are other people. There, there's, uh, you know, like not ET, but I do believe that we have other people out in the universe, or you know, whatever they are. But I don't believe no alien was walking in the mall. What was he doing? Shopping in a tall and big man store. Chris Brown was high. Let me just say that Chris Brown was high and saw something he was supposed to with his fine ass. But uh, I do believe that there are aliens, and I think that Chris Brown just was having a moment. He probably saw, oh, don't say that flame around. He probably saw a bunch of gays in Atlanta at the mall and thought they were aliens because you know, Atlanta is very popular for the gays. Oh wait, no, this is Miami. I'm sorry, Miami, Miami, Miami. Oh, Miami. Oh, okay. Well, look, we there too. It, it was probably me. I had my heels on. He thought I was an alien. Oh my goodness. All right. E. Harris said, there was no alien that was silly. Al, do you believe in aliens? Do you think, what do you think about this? Um, I believe in extraterrestrial. I I don't think that he saw him in the Miami mall, but we all know that Chris Brown, if you've seen pictures of his home and pictures of the murals that he puts in his home um, on all that graffiti, he always has like alien type of figures in those uh, in that art. So he obviously has something that he likes about the ET world, which is great. I mean, that's fine for him. But to expect us to see aliens eight feet tall walking in the Miami mall is absolutely ridiculous. Now, did you guys know that he released an uh, an album in November? Did y'all know that? I, I nope. didn't even know that. Isn't that sad? It seems that this story is getting more press than his album. He might need to focus on his music. Oh, Al, you so bad. 
So if you look at the footage, there, there are some blurry things that are walking around that does look weird. There is something to this. And I don't think this is a Chris Brown thing. Chris Brown is just one of the most famous people that was talking about it. There was a lot of witnesses that were in the mall that said that they tried to film the things that they saw that they didn't really know what they were and their phones were getting scrambled. If y'all don't think there's not aliens out there and the government has not been trickling this information to us over the past 20 years, I don't know what rock you've been under. They definitely exist. Now, it is funny that they were in a mall. I don't know about that. But have y'all, there has been footage, and I did see some things that were, there were some entities, let's just call them entities, that were present. I don't know. Let's talk about the basics of the logistics of this. How did the eight-foot AET person get in the door? How did they, they get were outside the door? When they I dumped, saw them. They dumped. <laughs> <laughs> How did they get into the mall? All I can think about is that episode of Twilight Zone when the eight feet people came and they were eating man, they were cooking man. I, I, listen, I don't know. I, I've never seen an alien, but if I ever seen an alien, I would probably piss all over myself because it would scare the hell out of me. Because I'm a scare. I'm real scary. Lady T said, but how is it there's no footage? Come on now, where are all the phones in the world? Nobody got a clear picture. I mean, that does seem to always happen, right? Wherever there is an alien sighting, the footage is always grainy. But I'm telling you. We have not heard the last list. That's what I think. All right, switching gears. Cameron stated that he identifies as black and not African-American. Cameron said, when you go over to Africa, they call us Yankees. Yeah. They bleed with us, but they're not from the we're not from the motherland. We're from America. So I'd rather say I'm a black American. Al, what are your thoughts on this? What do you you look like? Um, you're not I don't agree. agree. I don't agree at all. Um, but however, this particular label is personal. Right. It's a personal experience. It's how a person's feel personally. And I also it has a lot to do with how you're educated about your um, ancestry and about your roots. So that's the two things I want to say here. I personally, you know, James Baldwin and Smokey Robinson believes like Cameron believes. However, I can understand, although I can understand both sides of this argument, it's not mine. My personal preference is that I want to be called African-American because I always want to acknowledge my ancestors. I want to acknowledge my roots. And by abandoning that, it feels like I'm abandoning a part of me and I'm not willing to let that go. So like I said, for me, I want to be called African-American because of what I know, what I've learned, what I understand about ancestry, what I understand about our roots, where we came from, where the beginning was, and how we ended up around the world. Other people don't feel like that's important. Flame, what do you think about this? Uh, I think it's generational because we came over here, we were Africans, and then we became the N-word, and then we became colored, and then you know another generation, we were black, and then we're African-American. Now they refer to people as uh, black American Africans. So I think it's a generational thing. Me personally, I refer to myself as black because that was my generation. The generation before me was colored. So I think it's just an evolving of language down the line. But uh, I, I never really call myself an African American. And I do agree that when you go to Africa, I haven't been to Africa, but I have some African friends. They feel like we are no nation people. They feel like we don't know who we are because we were born in America. So we forgot about our African roots. They, get, they keep forgetting that we didn't come on our own. I was in the woods with a bone in my nose and a grass skirt, some coconuts on my boobs, and they came and got me. <laughs> so I do think it's generational. I do. I believe that. But I call, I refer to myself as black. I heard you say that on your interview yesterday, Claudia. You refer to yourself as a black woman. 
I do. Um, you know, I feel like, you know, it's a correct overcorrection, right? Like I remember y'all, we are all around the same age. Remember growing up, people would use uh, African as an insult to people. They was, oh, yeah. you were African booty snack, all kind of really rude things. And people were almost ashamed to be associated with Africa. Yeah. Then came this awakening in the eighties the and the nineties. We saw people wearing the, uh, the leather uh, medallions of Africa. Then we embraced Africa. And sometimes some of it comes off a little bit, uh, uh, not fake, but just a little. Uh, and 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 now I, I do believe that we are a people without a um, a nation. A, a lot of people that are moving the way we move here. I mean, we are we making our our for our, our ancestors proud? I don't know. And they have every right to speak on us. You know, we are watered down versions of our ancestors, and that is not by our choice. That is not by our choice, but it is what it is. You know what yeah. I mean? So, uh, I don't know. All right, coming up, we are playing the Golden Globes edition of Hit or Miss. Keep it locked. We'll be right back. Hey. Welcome back to the show. All right, y'all. 80, 81st Golden Globe Awards took place last night, so it's only right that we play a fun game of Hit or Miss. All right, y'all, let's cue the music. First up, we have Angela Bassett, hit or miss? I'm going to say a definite hit. I saw Angela on the carpet last night. Angela's body looks amazing. This velour or velvet, I'm not sure who the designer is, but it made her look like a million dollars. And the best part about her was the fullness of her hair. It gave her glamour, it gave her Hollywood star, and everything about it is a win for me. All right, Flame, what do you think? Fast act, definitely a hit. Angela Bassett always knocks it out the park. And I love that she doesn't always dress age appropriate, but the, it's the fit that makes the fashion. And Angela is always right on. Her body is, I'm like with Al, her body is banging. And that dress is so simple and so classy, but you had that, that we gonna call that dress a bank account dress. Because you had to put something in it in order to get something out of it. She put something in it, babe. I love great. her. Definite, definite, definite hit. All right, next we have Oprah Winfrey. Hit or is it a myth? Oprah Winfrey was definitely a hit on the carpet. Just the color purple made her royal along with her existence in Hollywood. It's her body these days, everybody. And when I tell you it looked like she earned it, it looked like she earned it. Her silhouette was great. Her body looked good. Her presence was big on the carpet, and I give her two thumbs up for the color and off the shoulder uh, swing on the red top. Flynn, what do you think? Listen, I think Oprah looks great. All I can say to Oprah is, oh, 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 them fit, because Oprah is banging in that dress. <laughs> Mind Why you, you got to tell our secrets, Flame? Why you got to tell our secrets? Look, when she was young, she was a big woman. Now Oprah is, Oprah will be 70 years old on the 29th of this month. Look at Oprah. Oprah looks fantastic. That good is job, the thinnest Oprah. I've seen her it. look. That is the thinnest I've ever seen her in her whole entire career. So yeah, she's looking good. All right, Taylor Swift, is this a hit or miss? Flame, let's go to you first on this one. Taylor Swift, ooh, the green. The green was pretty. I love the sequence. I love the loudness of it. I, I I'm a Swifty. I love Shake It Off. I've been trying to shake something off for about 30 years. It's still here. But I like, but it's just so straight up and down for me because Taylor is just like a bean pole. But I love the, the color of it. And Taylor is America's girl right now. You can't go really go against Taylor. The dress, it's not something that I would wear, but I think it's pretty on her. 
All right, Al, what are your thoughts? I think telling the truth about her is not being against her, but this was underwhelming on the carpet. I did like the color green. Money green is never a wrong play, but it just didn't fit her well. I, I, I felt like Taylor has been all the talk. And I tell you this, Beyonce would never show up on the carpet looking this simple and this plain and this underwhelming. Taylor Swift, I love the color, but your hair always looks like you going to like cheerleading practice. It's never glamorous. Like that hair is so boring. That is not giving Golden Globe. It's giving very basic white girl next door. It's not giving. It's not stylish. And you got too much money for that. All right, we have Fantasia, hit or miss. Ooh. Absolutely a hit for me. Fantasia has gotten it right every day that she stepped out doing her press tour. And then again last night, Fantasia stopped and talked to us at Foxhole. Foxhole even gave us a little bit of a cry and personable moment. I love her. And she said, Al, this is Christian Dior, custom made. And I said, Fantasia, the fit couldn't have gotten any better. I like the complexities in the colors and the cut. Thumbs up for Fantasia and yeah. such a beautiful soul. All right, flame. Fant Fantasia has been the girl this season. Everything she has worn this season has been knocking out the park. I don't know who her stylist is, but she needs to give them a raise. I think she looks incredibly amazing. I love that they covered up her tattoos because it would have taken away from her glamour. So I think she looks fantastic. I love that on her. And I love the color, the color contrast of the black with the powder blue. I don't like the bottom of it, but I love the top of it. But I love Fantasia, so I ain't mad at I ain't mad at anyone taking a fashion risk like that. And especially like the trajectory of Fantasia's life from what she came from to being here at this point, I could never hate on Fantasia. So I love her. All right, what what about Miss Cheryl Lee Rao? Ooh, I like that. Hit or miss. This was definitely a hit, and the hit really comes from behind. And you have to see the contrast of this dress on the carpet. She stole the carpet and shut it down, in my opinion. But Miss Shirley Ralph has been doing that these last couple of years at the Golden Globes. And when I tell you this is a hit, hit from all angles, this was a hit. All right, Flame? Yeah. I thought she looked like a seasoned woman. I thought it was highly glamorous. And you know her daughter, Ivy Coco, is her stylist. So Ivy been really putting it on Miss Cheryl, and I know them both personally. I thought Cheryl looked great in this. I thought this was a good look for Cheryl. She looked All right, great. She gave me very Dina Jones, the original dream girl. Last but not least, we got about 15 seconds. Erica Alexander, hit or miss? Oh, Erica, she came and talked to us on the carpet. Can't wait to share that. But something about the fit of the dress just wasn't fitting. But the concept was there. The homage to purple, purple color purple was there. I loved her. Love her energy. Love her comeback. Sorry, not for me with the dress. Flame? I just signed a deal for with Color Farm. Let me be nice. Erica looks amazing. No, <laughs> you know, I went out. It was the fit. I wish the waist would have been snatched in to give me a silhouette. I love the idea of the dress. I love the box cut at the top to show a little clean. I got to I gotta cut you off, Flame. I wanna thank host Al Reynolds the Flame Monroe for joining me. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for watching. Stay tuned for Fox Soul Face Up. Bye, y'all. Thanks, Flame. Bye, Al.